Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. All right, Henry, let's get into it. The Patriots losing to the Chiefs 26-10 to in a game where, if I'm putting my fanboy hat on, a game that was one of the most frustrating to watch that I can remember, maybe dating back to, like, the year 2000, I think I tweeted. It just, that was terrible. Shooting yourself in the foot, you know, the quarterback's not playing because of COVID. Like, Mahomes is flopping all over the place. The refs are making terrible calls when the Patriots should have a potential game-swinging turnover there. I mean, so many things happen in this game just drive you crazy. They lose 26-10. Attend to the Chiefs, and now Stephon Gilmore is testing positive for COVID. So now our best offensive player and best defensive player both on the COVID reserve list. So yeah, other than that, things are great in Patriots world, right? Right, Henry. <laughs> The Patriots got a taste of what the rest of the NFL has been experiencing for two decades. Doesn't taste good. And no, no, I can't imagine. It does. Uh, Tom Brady was the face of the NFL for for, two, for basically 20 years. I mean, he instantly won a Super Bowl. There was a time where he was just considered a game manager and this and that, but pretty quickly, those three Super Bowls established him as one of the NFL's best. And Mahomes has done the same thing. He won an MVP in year one as a starter. He won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP in year two as a starter. So all of a sudden, Mahomes is, by comparison, the next Brady, and the NFL is taking care of him with calls and you know just generally trying to take care of his health. So late hits and flops uh, will happen. And he knows that. And he's smart and he's good at winning football games. And that's a part of winning football games is getting the officials to call things your way. That's why Brady was so often in, in the ears of officials. And, and that's why LeBron does the same thing. They've got power and they've got influence and they're going to make sure that they use it to win games. And I think that's fair. That's just how star power works. Uh, I don't think you can really get on Mahomes for it if you were okay with Brady doing it for the last 20 years here. But on the flip side, the Patriots were without a quarterback, which is, again, a pretty common thing when, when you don't have Tom Brady on the roster. Most NFL teams over the last 20 years have experienced these troubles that the Patriots are going through. You know, it's unexpected. They they had Cam Newton, but it's not uncommon. And we saw Brian Hoyer, the supposed veteran, play like a rookie. We saw Jared Stidham come in and, you know, play like we might expect him to, which is with inexperience. So two quarterbacks looking inexperienced. Unfortunately, one of them was rostered for the purpose of his experience because he's been in the system three times, because he knows this playbook better than maybe anyone outside of Tom Brady who's playing in the NFL. He was awful, um, awful, awful. But awful. he was terrible. He was so bad. And I am of the mind that Stidham was only marginally better, arguably Agreed. as bad as Agreed. Hoyer. So it was not good. They're so lucky that Denver comes this weekend because Denver is one of the worst teams in the NFL, largely because of their injuries. Even Brian Hoyer and or Jared Stump can probably beat that Denver team. And then you have to hope 
Newton continues to be asymptomatic, passes two tests, and the Patriots can move on with his career. But you really don't know. And I know I'm, I'm really talking at length here, but I know of people who have been asymptomatic but have tested positive for three weeks. That could happen with Newton. You know, he could also, in five days immediately start testing negative or he could start feeling symptoms over the next few days and things could be even more complicated than they are now so i've been very careful not to sort of overplay this newtonism asymptomatic thing i think the nfl pr uh, world is trying to pump that up and, and be positive but the reality is that we don't know what comes next for him. Yeah, and it sounds like he's unlikely to play, so we have to deal with stupid Hoyer on Sunday or, or some mixture of Hoyer instead of maybe. Like, I know Belichick's not going to tell you guys what he's thinking, but I think we understand now, Henry. We know why Cam Newton is here. And, and they might even put him on the roster as a backup if he's really available because they just they wouldn't be able to practice. I mean, they, yeah. they had to give up their first day of practice this Wednesday. And they had to cancel practice because Stefan Gilmore tested positive and Bill Murray, a practice squad player, is on the COVID IR list. We don't know if he tested positive or whether he was in close contact with someone who tested positive, which is a laughable thing because the Patriots know that 20 people were in close contact with someone, at least Cam Newton. He tested positive. They put 20 people on a separate plane to get them to KC. They fly 20 people who are in close contact with Newton. All those people, by NFL rules, are eligible to be on the COVID IR designation list. And yet all of them are playing, including Stefan Gilmore, who now tested positive, who is also seen hugging and chatting face-to-face with Patrick Mahomes after the game. It's sort of out of control in terms of, like, the theoretics of it all. And we'll see if, quite literally, it becomes out of control now that two players have confirmed positive tests and three players are on the, on the IR list. So maybe the question isn't just, will Cam Newton play? It's, will the Patriots even play? And, and that is in question. Henry did write about that, where how it's a bad look for the NFL. Stephon Gilmore, Patrick Mahomes, hugging after that game. Henry doesn't think that was a good look for the league. We'll talk about that some more. And for me, my main takeaway is, I just don't know how Patriots fans can be waking up each morning this week and not be just extremely frustrated. That was a bad night on Monday. The Chiefs were gettable. The Chiefs kind of rolled it out there and were like, we're not going to lose to Brian Hoyer and a team that's flying here the day of the game. Like, we're not losing to this crap bag team. And they probably should have. The Patriots missed a bunch of opportunities and Brian Hoyer's on the top of that list. So much to get into. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for Week 5. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater faces the Atlanta Falcons, which is the worst defense of quarterbacks through four weeks. Atlanta has many injuries on the back end, and Carolina has plenty of ways to exploit this defense. It has been so bad, even Nick Foles threw three touchdowns and a half just a couple weeks ago. With Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers on a bye, consider Teddy Bridgewater as a viable starting quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars running back James Robinson has the best matchup in the 
league for rushing yards generated. Houston has given up 651 yards on the ground in four games, including six rushing touchdowns. That's one every 20 carries. In addition, running backs have added another touchdown through the air. There's no telling how Houston will respond to the firing of head coach Bill O'Brien this week, but what we do know is this is a prime matchup to be exploited, and Robinson should be a running back too in all redraft lineups. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Pascal has a fine matchup of his own. The Cleveland Browns have given up eight touchdowns in four games against wide receivers. Names on the list include the likes of Willie Sneed, Mike Thomas, no, not that Mike Thomas, and Dontrell Inman. As you can see, that's not exactly a high bar to cross. Pascal will have some ups and downs, and Phillip Rivers has struggled, but this is a great matchup, and he's playable in a pinch. Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Eric Ebron comes back from their premature bye week to face the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a fine gamble for owners who are looking for a fill-in tight end or even a flex play. Philadelphia has permitted the position to score once every six and a half catches, which is the fourth highest rate. Just four teams have allowed more yards and more catches to the position in 2020, and a little extra time to prepare works in Pittsburgh's favor. Be sure to stay up on the latest news and notes, especially with COVID-19's impact on fantasy football. For more information, check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, of course, we spend time on it, and so does every other team in the league. So, I mean, we're all, we're all under the same, we're all under the same protocols, so... Sure, we spent a lot of time on it, and, and I'm sure every other team has too. Bill, I was wondering with you know, I noticed wearing the two masks in the game uh, last night, and I was wondering if, if is that a result of, of Cam's positive test, and are you, because of your age and where you fall into the high risk category, are you, are you concerned about, about coaching and being involved in that? No. So then why why the two masks? Basically, that's what we've been instructed to do. Another another fashion statement from Bill Belichick, Henry, with this two masks thing. You know, with the it kind of looks like there's a piece of gauze hanging off his nose or something. It's out of control. I think when uh, a team like the Titans have an outbreak, a team like the Patriots have an outbreak, you have to look at it with a critical eye and be like, who broke the protocol here? Like, what happened? How do we let this become something where multiple guys are getting, not only multiple guys are getting tested positive, but you could say the best offensive player and the best defensive player on the team, the two best players on the team are on the reserve list right now. Do you feel like the Patriots deserve some criticism for what's going on right now? There are so many ways to contract COVID and you can do it even if you're being really safe. So I don't want to get too critical of the Patriots. Accidents happen and and this virus is, is I mean, our, our president got it, right? The, the, it's right. widespread. It's affecting everyone. And the other thing about the Patriots is if they had 20 people in close contact with Newton and had followed sort of like league recommendation, which would be to put all of those players on the reserve COVID list, they, they wouldn't have been able to field a football team. Nope. I mean, oh. they might have been able to pull all their practice yeah, exactly. players up. <laughs> get Keanu Reeves, the, whole, the replacements, get everybody out there, you know? like. But, um, 
Yeah, but then who knows if the players who are on the practice squad could even feasibly play all the positions that have been diminished because in all likelihood, you know, those close contact people are all the quarterbacks and most of the offensive line and all the people that sort of like are physically near Newton all the time. I mean, who knows? And so I don't discredit the Patriots. My criticism is for the NFL. And we saw on the NFL knew there is precedent for this situation. The Titans had one positive test on Friday. They then flew the Titans, or the Titans then flew, to a game. And then all of a sudden there was an outbreak. And now the Titans had to skip a week of action. They're not sure if they can return this week and play the Bills. The NFL created a much bigger problem by having a game and rushing into a game than if they had just waited to see what happened. So now we're about to see what happens with the Patriots. Like you just said, we've seen two players confirm test positive, and they are the two best players on the team. We have to sort of wait, sit tight, and see if New England will be able to play this week. And I think in large part, it's the NFL's fault. They thought that delaying the game would do what? They delayed it one day, and we know there's an incubation period for this virus. Exactly. And we saw it firsthand need that sort of incubation period to really get tangible results on how much it's spreading with the Titans. And so why did we think this would be different? And maybe it will be, and the NFL will get lucky, but that's what it will be. It won't be good decision-making. It will be luck that the Patriots don't experience an outbreak because they were forced to travel together, because they were forced to be in close quarters. The NFL is just winging this, and they're not doing a very good job. And and that's why I think this Patrick Mahomes, Stephon Gilmore moment was so awful as a look for the NFL. It's just like Gilmore now tested positive. It's Wednesday, but he was their faces were within inches of each other on Monday. And we don't know Gilmore was positive at the time. And we don't know if he was contagious at the time. Um, And those are two different things, I guess. But we do know now that he was positive. We do know from before that Gilmore was in close contact with Newton. And he was one of those 20 people who had to be on a separate plane. And so why in the world was he face-to-face with Patrick Mahomes, the, you know, the most important NFL player, basically, when there was a chance that he could have COVID? It just, I mean, it's just like dumbfounding how, how all of this is playing out. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just the NFL is creating a real mess, and, and it doesn't seem like they have competent parameters and now it seems like because they don't have competent parameters, they're starting to point fingers at the team. One hundred percent. That's what they're doing. They're, they're just but tightening like, the protocols. That's all their that's their response is nope, teams, you gotta do better. You know, Titans do better. Empty, Raiders do better. Yeah, it's such empty tightening of protocols. Like if they really wanted to tighten protocols, the Patriots wouldn't have flown. They wouldn't have sent twenty players who were in close contact in just about every other setting in America. If you have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive, you are then ordered by CDC recommendation, so it's not an order, it's a recommendation, to quarantine for 14 days. Right. And the Patriots got on a plane yeah. and flew You're right. to I a mean, football game. The fact that they used two planes is uh, it's it's a, a very questionable look, right? The, they knew they had to use two planes to get there. And it's just like, yeah. oh, boy. Like, and the NFL was like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So it's two, like, what are we doing here? So two planes, but then you get there and you're not separated. You're a team. You know, you're back together. And then you just get on the two planes and leave. Like, you're right. That doesn't make a ton of sense. And, you know, I would have liked to see the NFL do something. Like, maybe instead of screwing teams over like this, leave 
leaving them in limbo throughout the week like they did to the Steelers and Titans, and we could be experiencing something similar here coming up. You know, maybe tack on some extra weeks at the end of the regular season and just move games to the end of the year, postpone them. Don't put teams in a position where they have to fly two different planes and, you know, a COVID plane and a healthy plane down to Kansas City to play a football game. But yeah, you're right. Mahomes, he should have, you know, taken a page out of his own playbook, Henry, that he had on Monday night, maybe flopped away from uh, any Patriot player that tried to t- <laughs> talk to him, just like falling over. And, oh, yeah, no, like fall out of bounds or something, run into the locker room or something. I don't know, man. So who do the Patriots have to go up against this Denver Broncos team? The Broncos are riddled with injuries. The Patriots are riddled with COVID. So we'll break down this game here coming up. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Betslippin Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on Week 5 Sunday night football matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored to win by seven points at home. Seahawks plus seven road dogs over under 57 and a half points. Jeff, I know we're both on the Seahawks to win this game and cover the seven points. How do you feel about that over under? Yes, and I'm on the over in this game. Both the Vikings and the Seahawks have gone over the total in three of their four games this season. The Vikings have scored 30-plus in three of their four games, and the Seahawks have scored 30-plus in all four games. Also, a nice little trend here. The over is cash in four of the last five Seahawks primetime home games, with the other game being a push. Overs are abundant in the NFL this season. The sportsbooks are starting to take note. This 57.5 figure, way too high. Sunday night football matchup, boosting that up as well. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, no point spread right now, Henry, to uh, talk about because this game is not on the board. We don't know who's playing. We don't know if the Patriots are playing. This this game was moved to the 425 time slot. It sounds like right now it's still on. But again, that could change because I'm sure the Patriots are going to be getting COVID tests ad nauseum here throughout the week. And I know their practices were canceled today, right? So, so Henry, how are you approaching uh, covering this game for the Patriots wire as you uh, lead up to Sunday? Like, I guess you're a virus reporter right now. Yeah. I know. Uh, luckily, my, my uh, fiance is a, a hospitalist nurse practitioner, oh, so perfect. she perfect. helps me understand a lot of the basics about COVID. I am not an epidemiologist. I'm not an expert uh, in the spread of disease, but it's obvious that there's no point spread because there is a COVID spread. Um, oh, so good. I'm going to keep covering this game as if it's going to happen until they cancel it. I think there's a distinct possibility that they have to cancel it. I mean, best case scenario, the Patriots get in two practices on Thursday and Friday for a Sunday game. Realistically, they shouldn't practice at all. They should be doing a virtual practice, which puts them at a massive disadvantage if they can't even physically walk through their plays together on a Friday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's all they can do. Maybe they conduct all meetings virtually 
and maybe they literally just show up to the practice field, one round of offense, one round of defense, and they all wear masks and they all social distance, I guess. And it's feasible, right? They could do this safely. But the fact that we're going through all these hoops just to come up with a way to maybe safely walk through a playbook is, is a little bit crazy. So if it happens, I'll finally talk a little bit football. I think that we will see an epically bad quarterback duel. And you don't like actually, Brett Rippon? I would like to see him and, and Jarrett Stidham have sort of like a weird young quarterback duel. And sort of because the Patriots didn't give Stidham a chance to succeed last week, him being the backup quarterback, him coming in at a deficit against the Kansas City Chiefs, him throwing a pick six that was mostly Julian Edelman's fault. Yeah, most definitely. Absolutely, Jules. Where were you Monday? Yeah, at an even greater deficit. He was just not in a position to succeed, and so I think he was about as bad as Brian Hoyer, but I also thought Brian Hoyer had a much easier situation to manage, uh, whereas Stidham was in a a much more uncomfortable one. But I would like to see Stidham as sort of like the excitement factor. I think realistically, Bill Belichick just wants to win this game and get out of here alive. So I think they'll probably play Hoyer um, and and, uh, because it's just a conservative, easy way to beat a bad Broncos team. Just let the defense win the game. A J.C. Jackson pick six gets the Patriots a 7-0 victory. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. That's where we're at. So, But, I mean, that could be basically like, I mean, it's an exaggeration, but that's that could be the Patriots' game plan if Brian Hoyer ends up being the starter. If Jared Stidham's the starter, I think they could play a little bit more loose. Like Stidham, he was aggressive. That That I will give him. Now, it wasn't like smart aggressive, but he was definitely being aggressive. And and the Patriots offense looked a little bit freer. Demir Bird was open on Stidham's second interception. Nikhil Harry made a good play on on a really good ball from Stidham for that touchdown. So moments where the offense looked like it could be functional under Stidham, it's just that Stidham has to play better. And and we don't know if he can do that because we've only seen him throw 20 NFL passes. All right. So full disclosure, Henry and I recorded this on Wednesday afternoon. So make sure you're going to the Patriots wire, checking out the latest, seeing what's going on with this football game. The Patriots might just have to roll it out there and try to beat a Broncos team. Could be interesting. So Henry, I'll be following your coverage. Good luck this week, my man. Thank you. Appreciate it. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.